Hello. Welcome to the Haas Lady Podcast, where I help you declutter your life and your home. Hello, Hosscast listeners. <laughs> See what I did there? Hosscast? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. Y'all, total side note here. I sure do wish I had a soundproof room <laughs> with the rain outside and the cats and the dog and the neighbor above me doing her jazzercise right now, right above my head. If you hear any background noise today, Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is real. This is real life. I'm not going to edit that out. That's staying in. My dog is drinking his water. It's part of life. Okay. Maybe he'll go lay down in a second. All right. Off to a rocky start, but here we go. Welcome, guys, to episode 13 of the Haas Lady Podcast. H-O-S-S. Home Organization Simplification Specialist. I have turned my passion project into a means of helping families and people just like you get their life organized. And guys, I am so thankful for you today. I'm thankful that you are listening because that means there is a part of you that is truly interested in getting your life organized and that is what matters. You may not have the energy or the time right now, but you are getting ideas and you are creating strategies that you can put into place when the time is right. So thank you. Thank you for working on your life, even if you are still in the pre-planning stages. I will also tell you something I am extremely thankful for. I am thankful that I was able to see my family last week all together for the first time since the pandemic shut down the world. And it was kind of touch and go there for a bit, you know. Would we be able to meet with the rise in COVID or would we have to postpone well, in the end, we were able to meet for a couple of days, and it was the snow, not COVID, that cut our visit short. So yeah, it was tough last year. We lost two very important family members, my mom and her sister, my aunt. So to have the cousins over and the family back together after such a harsh and unfair loss was such a great thing, and the laughter and the stories, and the pictures. Oh gosh, guys, we took so many pictures. And that is what brings me to my subject today. Of all the things I see, this one thing seems to be the hardest for people to work through. How do you part with the things that your loved one left behind? Well, having had some firsthand experience with this lately, maybe... I can give you some support here. So if you have ever visited my website or maybe seen the cover art for the podcast, you will see that there is a great blue heron pictured quite often. Well, there's a story behind that. So I live in an apartment complex, as we know. Despite the loud neighbors, I have a spectacular view of this really nice pond. 
and we have many visitors to this pond. The frogs in the summer, who sound like an orchestra of cell phones on vibrate. (laughs) No joke. The first time I heard it, I really did think my neighbor's phone was going off and the vibrate setting was like oddly loud. When I realized it was coming from an animal in the pond, it was like magic. I was I was so happy. The birds that take up residence in the weeds and the cane growing all along the edges, they make a fantastic show. We like to call the bird NATO. The geese and the ducks that come in and settle for a few weeks before heading out again, the giant koi that live beneath the surface, and the tiny little Asian man who comes around every morning to feed them. And then there is Jerry. Jerry is a great blue heron that came in one day while my mom was sitting out on the back patio, as she always did when she visited. She came and banged on the patio door to get our attention, and we all came outside to observe the most regal and perfect creature ever to visit our pond. And since we named all the creatures that come to visit, one of the kids chimed in and named her Jerry. Mom was fascinated by this heron. She would take pictures of the bird and try to Google things about it, get images of it. It was her intent to paint that great blue heron. And I think I shared, I think I've shared this, that my mom was a painter. I mean, amongst many other talents. But painting was her happy place. She was taken far too soon, guys. And while going through mom's painting supplies after she died, I found several printouts of images of a great blue heron. And to me, it was like seeing mom's next unfinished project. So what's weird about this is I see Jerry everywhere. I mean, great blue heron in ponds, the lake, in the river, in art, even in the damn logo of a toilet seat when I was on vacation. (laughs) I mean, everywhere. I cannot help but think of mom. And some people, they might see a cardinal as a symbol of a loved one that's passed. And I mean, when I see a cardinal, I do. I think of my grandmother and my aunt. But for some reason, it's the blue heron that always takes me straight to my memories of my mother. I tell you this because so often we get trapped in a loop of thinking that the things people owned are what bring back the memories of our loved one. And we can't seem to part with things knowing that the person we lost once used those things. And now we have them in our possession. So yeah, when we were going through mom's things, it was incredibly painful as the thoughts kept pouring in. Seeing all her paintings, some of them unfinished, her sewing projects, her clothes, her furniture, everything. Everything she touched seemed to contain a bit of her presence and brought me to a halt. I wanted so badly for her to be there. I wanted so badly to see my mom back in the house and sitting in her chair and painting that heron. But the reality is that she wasn't there, not physically. And I think that is where the biggest hang-up comes from. We want them there. 
And we think that by removing their belongings, we are getting rid of their memory. Well, here's the thing I have learned about grief, guys. Yeah, I felt a pang when we boxed up mom's clothes and art projects. But grief comes to me in so many other ways that has nothing to do with things. I see a heron and my chest gets tight. My daughter learns a new song on the piano and I want to share it with my mom. And I get hit with sudden tears. My younger daughter will paint a beautiful watercolor and the only person I want to share it with is no longer here. I get it. Grief comes in waves. It ebbs and flows, just like all emotions. A lot of the time, we dread doing something that could possibly make us cry because we think that once we start, we will never stop. Guys, of course we stop. Think about the last time you cried. Are you still crying right now? Seriously, we do. We stop crying. It's okay. It's normal to be sad. It's normal to grieve. It is okay to say goodbye to items and things you have been holding on to. You can do it in one big fail swoop like ripping off a band-aid. Or you can take your time. And as you hold each item in your hand, just let the emotions come over you and just be with them. Allow yourself to maybe say goodbye to the thing. I know that sounds odd, but you know, if Marie Kondo can thank her belongings, I think we can say goodbye to ours. So when we talk about letting items go that belong to lost loved ones, we can do a couple of things. There is an exercise, I think I've mentioned it before. Um, Think about an item that you're having a hard time letting go of. So for me, it's my mom's dresser. Now let's consider for a moment that the dresser was destroyed in a horrible house fire. Would I be upset? Um, Yes, obviously. But I also know that losing the dresser did not erase the memories I have of my mom. So picture the things that you're storing of a loved one. What would happen if everything was completely destroyed? Would you lose your memories of the loved one? No, of course not. Now, would you be relieved to have it all gone and not have to make all those decisions? (laughs) I mean, that is a possibility, I guess, and we're not going to judge that. But just be honest about it. If you have that thought, then maybe you're the kind of a rip-it-off-as-quick-as-you-can band-aid kind of person, right? Do it quick. So another thing you can do is ask yourself three questions. And you might want to write these down so you can have them front and center, But and feel free to pause me if you need to, but... Ask yourself, one, do I have room to keep this in my home? And I mean like in your home, not in storage. If so, ask yourself, does this thing have a function in my home? So like, do you use the antique dresser? Do you wear your grandmother's clothes? Do you use your mom's dishes? If so, ask yourself, 
if I were out shopping today, would I buy this for myself? Mm. That kind of hits, doesn't it? The reason I like to ask this question is to pull myself away from the attachment to the item. The thought of taking away the ownership of the things that once belonged to my loved one, well, it's not a pleasant thought. But here's the truth. Ready? Your loved one did not own those things with the intent that someone else would own them one day. And that also includes you. Think about this. My mother bought clothes. She bought the clothes she liked because they fit her body. My mother bought furniture that she knew would look nice in her home. My mother bought dishes that she knew would help her prepare and serve meals. She bought those things. And if she didn't buy those things and maybe they were given to her, she liked them enough to keep them because they were hers. So if you go back to the example of my mom's dresser, do I have room for it in my home? Yep. I'm going to make room for this. Does this thing have a function in my house? Absolutely. I put my sheets and blankets. Would I buy it if I were out shopping? Most likely, yes, if I had the money because it's gorgeous and old and matches the aesthetic of my living room with all my other antique furniture. So yeah, the dresser can stay. Another example is my mom's winter coat. Do I have room for it? Eh, one could argue that I do. Does it have a function in my home? Well, no. It hardly snows here in Tennessee, and the reason she bought it was for those long winters she spent in Michigan with my sister. If I were out shopping today, would I buy it? Well, that answer is a no. So that is how I know I can let it go. Am I erasing the image of my mom getting off the airplane from her month-long sabbatical up north wearing a ginormous winter coat? No. That image is in my head forever, and I know this because I'm not anywhere near that coat right now. It's just embedded in my memory, and I doubt I will ever forget that. So a friend of mine sent me an article, and I hope she's listening to this because I'm kind of making this podcast for her. But in the article, it was a woman, and she was talking about not being able to part with her mother's pot. And according to the story, she had this pot the mother, had the pot during the Great Depression. And she would make a meal in this pot, and then she would set it out on the porch for anyone in the community who maybe needed food. I mean, what an amazing story, right? So should she get rid of the pot? I mean, ultimately, it's up to her to make that decision. If she has room, if she can use it, even just as a decoration. And if she would buy that pot today, that's completely up to her. But here's the thing. That amazing act of love and service was not about the pot. That memory could pop into her mind if the words Great Depression were spoken, or if she was making a big meal for a soup kitchen or a community event. She could tell that story over and over and over again and never once having hold of that pot in her hand. The story doesn't change. The image of the pot could just be an image, but the story isn't about the pot, right? It's about the love from a kind woman in a horribly harsh time of life. 
That's how we know our memories are not embedded in the things. One more example. Speaking of my mom's winter attire, going back a bit, my mom's bedazzled Christmas t-shirt. Do I have room for it? Yes, I sure do. Does it have a function? Or would I wear it? Eh, probably not. But what I would do with it is make it into a cute throw pillow for my couch. And I'll just bring it out every winter. And if I were out shopping, would I buy a cute black pillow with a bedazzled Christmas tree on it? Um, yes, I most certainly would. Because it's adorable. Thank you very much. So, do this with everything. Books, dishes, clothes, furniture, knickknacks, lamps, anything. And take your time. If you are helping someone else, let them process these things. Don't rush them, but gently guide them through those questions. And I think an amazing gift to the world would be to allow them to share their stories of each of the items. You know, maybe document it in pictures or in a journal. Or maybe make a little video. That way, the memory can live on and on and on with or without the item. All right. So I just want to say this. And maybe you're not ready to let go. And that's okay. But consider this. What if getting rid of the things is actually going to help you through some grief that you've never allowed yourself to go through? What if letting go of the things you truly don't need or use could release you from the stress of owning it? Think about this. What is more stressful? Digging your way through a storage unit to find something? Moving and handling and shoving past all your parents' belongings? Not having room in your kitchen for your much-needed gadgets because of the so many dishes that you didn't buy but you inherited? Not from a will, but because you were scared to let them go? Or taking the items and giving them one last tear? You know, it's time to let go. It's time to close that loop. Give them one last tear. One last laugh. Or a confused thought of, why the hell did my mom buy this? just let go of the things that were never really meant for us anyway. Now guys, I'm not a grief counselor, but I can for sure help you and walk you through some of these discussions and arguments you're going to have in your head while letting go of these things. That's why I am offering a free coaching call for the next few weeks And maybe getting rid of things has nothing to do with grief and everything to do with overwhelm. It's just too much stuff. I can't decide what to keep, not sure where to start. I can also help you with those moments. So if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, go to my website at thehosslady.com and click on the coaching tab. If you join our 52 Weeks to a Clutter-Free Life Challenge, you can get a promo code and that will get you a free session. All the details are on the website again, thehosslady.com. And if you don't have Facebook and want to email me directly, it is thehosslady at gmail.com. And I can send you the promo code. All right, Hoss listeners, we have just over a week left in January. So keep posting those progress pictures in the Facebook group. And I love, 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 love 
seeing it. I love the spaces and it's for sure keeping me motivated to keep going. So I am sure it's helping others as well. So your call to action. Let's get everybody in on this. Invite a friend. Invite a friend to the challenge. Anyone you have ever heard complain about keeping their house tidy, just invite them. Invite them to listen to the podcast or invite them to the 52-week challenge. So until next time, guys, remember, don't put it down. Put it away. Let's get to it. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my Hoss Lady podcast. My name is Becky, and I cannot wait to share more ideas with you to help you get your environment and your mind to a more organized space. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please leave me a review and share with your friends. Until next time, let's get to it.